0: Hi, this is Jim Lyon, and you're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, Kimberly Star Majescu.
1: <laughs> Hi, Jim. Happy 2015.
0: Hey, and same Happy New Year right back at you. Last week, I learned that your name was Kimberly Star, and that Kimberly means royal. Yes, uh huh. And Star was a name given to you to honor your grandmother, who yes. was named Stella, but that's a Spanish, a Hispanic form of star, right? Mm-hmm. And so you are a royal star. There you go.
1: <laughs> I say, <laughs> I mean, what else do you need well, to know? Well, you
0: know what? There is just something in a name. <laughs> and we've been talking about in this new year how powerful new life can be mm-hmm. because we're all looking at a new year that's untouched. It's like a field of fresh snow. Nobody's walked on it yet. Yes. And while we're a few weeks into January already, still the year in the main waits before us. And our names matter. How we proceed depends a little bit on how we see ourselves and what others have called us. Mm -hmm. And you're especially tuned up to this particular emphasis right now because you and your husband, Kevin, at the end of last year, were able to adopt a newborn baby boy.
1: That's right. His name is? Maximus Logan Majeski, and we are so thrilled to have him in our home. This is going to be a crazy, beautiful, different way of living than ever before in this new year.
0: And I'm going to guess that there are many adjustments being made, but all of them are filled with joy.
1: All of them are filled with joy. You know, January New Year happens to be my husband's very favorite holiday in season because it's fresh, mm-hmm. um, because he can clean out the clutter <laughs> and put away all the Christmas paraphernalia and start new uh, ways of keeping things organized. I mean, he just loves those kinds of things new initiatives and uh, so this year it's going to be different because all of that will be oriented around a tiny little baby and what he needs and what's good for him.
0: And as you look at Maximus and you're thinking about a lifetime now in a way that you might not have otherwise, because mm-hmm. you look at this little baby, I mean, he's just a couple months old mm-hmm. and you know that there's this whole life out there. Yeah. What's it going to be? In the same way, we're all looking at this year. It's just a new year mm-hmm. and there's this whole year out there. So much What's potential. It be? Yeah. So much potential. Sometimes it's scary when you're mm-hmm. a new parent. Mm-hmm. What's going to be like? How do I protect my child? Do I make mistakes? What mistakes might I make? Same way, looking at the new year, a little scary. Mm -hmm. Do I take any chances? What might go wrong? And yet, when you think about what can go right, Mm -hmm. oh, life is worth living. Well, no matter what our age and no matter what our station of life at home, whether we're raising children, never had any, or are still waiting for some, we all need to know that we have the power to make choices. Sometimes people think, well, a child can't really make a choice. Mm. But not so. And the scripture has a great narrative, a great history of a young boy who made some choices. When we come back, let's talk about new life, baby Maximus. Oh, yes. And a boy named Josiah (laughs) who changed his world. Kimberly, in the Old Testament, there are a series of stories about the kings and sometimes queens Mm -hmm. of God's people.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And in this nation state of Israel and in the nation state of Judah, Mm -hmm. there were monarchies, and much of the Old Testament is devoted to their twists and turns. Sometimes the monarchs ruled with wisdom Mm -hmm. and righteousness, and sometimes not not so so much. much. (laughs) (laughs) And, And there were outcomes. There were consequences Mm -hmm. to their particular ruling style, their honoring of God or lack thereof, had impacts beyond just their own houses, Mm -hmm. but for their whole communities. Mm -hmm. And let's just stop here to say, these principles still are in force. All of us make decisions, and while we might think that our choices are limited just to ourselves and that we might have the right to be foolish and thinking that no one else will be harmed, the truth is, No man is an island. No person lives in isolation. And all of us make choices. And if we make wrong choices, there are other people, innocent bystanders even, who can be affected. That's true as individuals, Mm -hmm. no matter where we are in life. It's certainly true of people who have the responsibility of government. Mm -hmm. And the Old Testament drives that point home repeatedly. Now, in this long list of kings and queens, Mm -hmm. there is a young boy who is a standout. That's His right. His name is Josiah.
1: His name is Josiah. And he follows a long line of, uh, of kings who've come before him. And just like you said, Jim, uh, one thing that's true that you see over and over again is that uh, even though kings and rulers uh, make poor decisions and bad things happen, when a new king comes and a new reign begins... Everything can be wiped clean, and a fresh slate is given, and new edicts and laws can be introduced that set things right again.
0: Whatever has been lost can be restored. Mm-hmm. And if there is something unjust, it can be turned around, and justice can reign again. Right. And Josiah's story has a little bit of all of that.
1: He's an example of that for sure.
0: Today, as we're talking about children, and you as a young mom with a newborn mm-hmm. boy, Let's read Josiah's story. It's just three brief verses. I mean, there's more narrative about Josiah, but this sets the stage. This is the framework of his life. It's found in the second book of Chronicles in chapter 34, verses 1 to 3. What does it say?
1: Josiah was eight years old when he came to be king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and followed the example of his ancestor, David, he did not turn away from doing what was right. During the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, Josiah began to seek the God of his ancestor David. And then in the twelfth year, he began to purify Judah and Jerusalem, destroying all the pagan shrines, the Asherah poles, and the carved idols in cast images.
0: And in that passage, there are some words that may be unfamiliar to our listening audience. Kimberly, the Asherah poles, for yes. instance, uh, the pagan shrines. What, what's being described there? Do you think?
1: Uh, probably, uh, we have we found some in different places in archaeology uh, throughout the land of Palestine. Just tall stone-like structures that were places of sacrifice and worship for pagan cults that existed uh, throughout the region.
0: And so when we talk about Josiah purifying the land and tearing these down, he's, mm-hmm. he's essentially removing these gathering places for pagan and occult worship and encouraging his people to worship God.
1: He's making a clear statement that Yahweh is the God of Israel and that this is the one God whom we will worship and everything else will be cast aside.
0: There will not be a whole collection of competing shrines. Exactly. And... This is just evidence of the way in which his faith decisions were taking root in his reign then as the king.
1: Very young age.
0: When we come back, we're going to talk about that young age Mm -hmm. and how it was that Josiah came to this point of decision and how we might look at our new year and draw lessons from that. We'll be right back. As you're listening to Viewpoint today, you might think of a question or have a comment you want to share. Maybe you'd just like someone to come alongside and pray with you. We want you to know that we're always glad to hear from you, and you can dial us toll-free 24 hours a day and seven days a week. This is the number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We also have an online website, cbhviewpoint.org. You can check us out online. Also send us an email. Or you can write me a letter using the post office. Just address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. Josiah. He was eight years old when he became the king. And uh, he was eight years old and a child boy king. And his family had been pretty much a dysfunctional mess up. Uh, he He was hidden from his grandmother who was pretty much a bad apple. And she did a lot of wrong things and wreaked havoc in the landscape. In the end, though, she dies, and his uncle, who was a godly man, had hidden Josiah and protected him. And he's now trotted out to become the king. And so our text that you just read, Kimberly, helps us understand that Josiah was royal, oh, just like Kimberly. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: And by his station in life, he becomes the king at eight years old. And then we see that in the eighth year of his reign, so the presumption is eight years after he's crowned king at right. the age of eight, so now he's 16. Sweet
1: 16. He
0: makes a decision to seek the God of his ancestor David. Now, David is always elevated as as the, the best king. The example. The yeah. example king. So when the, the historian of Chronicles is referring to seeking the God mm-hmm. of David, mm-hmm. it's the highest praise that could be That's given. That's right. He's really looking for the real deal with God, and, and Josiah's making a decision at 16. First, let's observe that many 16-year-olds do not seem competent to make life-altering decisions. I mean, honestly, we look around the world sometimes and we patronize or condescendingly look at teenagers or even Mm -hmm. preteens and think they don't have the capacity Mm -hmm. to make a decision like this. Or how often have we heard someone say, well, when I was 16, I did this, but I didn't live up to it.
2: Mm -hmm. But
0: I think it's possible, even as a teenager and even before you're in the teen years, it's possible to make a life-altering spiritual decision that can determine the course of your life.
1: You know, Jim, I I know some sixteen-year-olds who are so devout, and who are so on fire for God that I think, my goodness, what incredible leaders and what hope there is for the church. I work with college students mostly, uh, and some of those. Students that sit in my classrooms are some of the best Christians I know, and I feel so confident uh, because of their beliefs, because of who they are as people, because of their character, because of their stories, and the way that they view the world, that they're just going to live into maturity and wisdom and do great things.
0: Well, and I know that I was 12 when I made a definitive decision Mm -hmm. to follow Jesus, You know, at 12 years old, I really didn't know which end was up about a lot of things in life. (laughs) And I have not always lived up to the highest calling of my decision then. But I promise you, my life was changed then, and the course of my life was determined then because I made a very intelligent and thoughtful decision based on the knowledge I had at the time
2: Mm -hmm.
0: that I wanted to be a man after God's own heart. Mm And I'm just bearing witness to the reality that we must never disparage or diminish or somehow... Ignore the capacity of a child
2: no, or right. a teenager to be
0: moved by the Spirit of God to make a decision mm-hmm. that can change everything. And Josiah is proof positive of that. Mm-hmm. Sixteen years old, he's the king. He can do what he wants. He could be a spoiled brat. He could <laughs> demand this, demand that. And yet somehow the Spirit of God was working in him and brought him to a place not of hubris and not of self-indulgence, but to become a godly king after the order of David.
1: Yeah, and I think about, Jim, if you read the record and the the kings that precede him, you know, just before him is Ammon and before that is Manasseh. And so you have these kings who are remembered by the historian here as wicked, uh, who did all the wrong things. And so there has to be for Josiah some sense of being reared and being taught and being aware of the ways that these kings had ruled, that had been uh, troublesome, that had brought horrible uh, results, that had not been good for the people of Judah, and to kind of look at that and to decide for himself, no, I'm going to go this way. I'm going to follow God, and I'm going to honor God with my life and believe that that will, in turn, help us as a people prosper and be good.
0: There's something about Josiah's young life that sets the stage for his decision, which is going to bring us back to baby Maximus when we come back. Stay with us.
3: Take my life and let it be consecrated. Oh
0: Josiah, as you just described, Kimberly, came from a background of a lot of mess ups. Mm-hmm. The kings that preceded him, even his own grandmother, these were not people who had wisdom. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow he had wisdom.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How so? What was it in Josiah's life that prepared him to make a decision at a tender young age that would benefit and bless not just his own house, but his whole people? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because there was someone speaking into his life who was a godly man, Mm -hmm. who helped him understand there is a God who is above and beyond all of these people and their folly. Mm. Your baby Maximus Mm. is too young now to make a cognitively moral choice. I mean, we all understand that a baby, even a one-year-old, cannot decide right from wrong in the way that we understand it as we mature. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be laying a foundation Mm -hmm. in your baby's life Mm -hmm. even now. Come on. What are you doing with Maximus? I can't believe that you're not already speaking to him or reading to him (laughs) or communicating to him even though he's not verbal.
1: Yes, of course. Uh, As you mentioned, he's learning Hebrew uh, right along (laughs) with uh, the English language.
0: Because fairly, you're a Hebrew scholar, (laughs) and you're speaking Hebrew into a script.
1: Yes. Well, I I believe it's God's language, and I want him (laughs) to know it. Uh, He's he's heard uh, me read um, from some of the classics to him, right? He's been exposed to Tacitus already, and uh, to the story um, of the 12 emperors. I'm not sure it's his taste, but I want him to, um, they say, you know, it's just never too early to start helping them develop and to, to be giving them information. They're little sponges. And so I want him to have that and to, to be able to be equipped when he does reach the age to make good decisions.
0: Let's never underestimate the power and necessity of the work of the Holy Spirit in a person's
2: life. Mm -hmm.
0: And even in an environment that's holy and completely dysfunctional, the Holy Spirit can reach into a child's heart and draw that child to the arms of God. Mm -hmm. But how much better it is for a child to have a field where the Holy Spirit can work that is supported and sustained by loving adults who speak into a child's life intentionally and deliberately, with thoughtful and God-honoring values, just as you've described.
1: As you know, Jim, I got a gift last night from our friend Karen, and uh, it was an ornament and has it on one side a choo-choo train. On the other side, the passage from Proverbs, train up a child in the way that he should go, and he will not stray from it. And uh, just a really sobering thought about the responsibility that it is to love and guide and guard a child in this world, and to prepare him in such a way that he knows God and can choose Christ for himself when it is his moment.
0: Absolutely. We've raised four sons, and I remember uh, buying books even before our first son was born, but my wife, Maureen, was pregnant carrying the child. I went immediately and bought some books. Of course you <laughs> did. One of them was the 139th Psalm for children. Oh. and. It became a favorite, and we we read it often to our firstborn Jacob, and then mm-hmm. to our next one Peter, and then to Andrew, and then to Nathaniel. Uh, I just found a weathered copy of that book not long ago, and was reminded of how much time we spent just looking at the pictures and reading the words. Mm-hmm thinking about introducing your child to the fellowship of the body of Christ, Mm -hmm. how sometimes we're afraid to release our children into a nursery or a Sunday school classroom at a tender young age, and yet I think about my own boys and how, boy, as soon as they were born, they were in church Mm -hmm. Uh, from their earliest memory and before they can cognitively remember. Mm -hmm. They were in the company of God's people. And, you know, that speaks into a person's life. Mm -hmm. They all have to make their own choices, and your boy Maximus cannot... Have anyone else make a choice for him whether or not he'll seek the God of David.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Only he can make that choice. But you and Kevin, his parents, can help prepare him to make the choice Mm -hmm. as best as anyone would be able to choose wisely. And the same for my sons. They must choose their own way of life and obedience. But no one could say they did not have the chance to know. Mm -hmm. So when you think about a child, your own child, or maybe even a child upon whose path you have crossed— but is not yours by adoption or by blood. Think about the power you can have speaking to their life, even as Josiah had people speaking into his life. Which brings me to, as this new year unfolds, think about investing yourself in a children's ministry, perhaps, Mm -hmm. in a local church, or even in a public school, or maybe in some kind of tutoring relationship where you have the capacity not only to speak mathematics or science or history, but you can speak values and faith and the presence of God into a child's life. All of those things are woven together, Mm -hmm. threads, into a fabric that then prepare the child to make a choice. Josiah made a choice. And our hope is that more and more people, as a new generation rises up, will make a choice to seek the God of David, Jesus, the son of David, the very person of God in human form. That's who we hope they will meet. Which brings us to the outcome of Josiah's choice. Yes. He's 16 years old, and okay, we get it. He's the king. He can make changes happen.
1: Well, and it's what you just said, Jim. Very interesting to see here that he is king because of um, the family into whom he's born. But he makes redemptive choices because of the influences in his life for the good.
0: And those choices made a difference. And sometimes we don't think we are empowered. I'm not the king. I can't make much difference. But No, no matter who you are, no matter what age you might be, no matter where you are, if you choose to seek God, he will use you to change the world into which you walk. You may not be in a position to tear down pagan shrines, but you are in a position to speak words of blessing and life and hope into someone else's journey. You are in a position to stand up for a just cause. You are in a position to bring life and the knowledge of God into an environment that otherwise would not have such a chance. Never underestimate what you can do. Josiah was just 16, and a few years later, he begins to turn the world upside down. Mm. We have a new year set before us. All of us do. Now, you may not be just 16. You may not be 12. You may Mm -hmm. not be 25, and you may be an old guy like me, but no matter where you are, You have a chance to make a choice this year to seek God.
1: You know what we see in Josiah's story, Jim, is so profound because first he steps into this position of authority. And when he's given the opportunity, he tears out and um, puts down all that would uh, hinder or keep his people from worshiping God. And then later in his reign, if we had read down through Chronicles, uh, under, it's under his reign that they find the book of the law uh, and they uh, uh, remember sort of who they are in God and rededicate, recovenant themselves to God and to God's law. And so all of these good and um, right changes come out of this life that has been given over to the purposes of God. And just like you say for a new year, uh, we see here the cleaning out of what was old, And the start down a new path and then choices for good and rededication of a life and of really a nation um, before God.
0: And it won't always be easy, but it can be done. And I have to believe that Kevin and Kimberly Majewski, looking at their (laughs) little boy Maximus, imagine that someday he'll make that choice. Mm -hmm. And that as he does, he'll live up to his name and be strong and that the world around him will be better because he walked in it. And that's what we long for all of our children to claim. And it's not just for our children, it's for us too. And this year, this new year, this bright, wonderful new year upon which the pen has not yet been put to the page, you can make a choice to seek God, and then he will lead you to change the world. Pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful today for this new year. And even though a few weeks have already passed, we're thankful for all the months that still wait. Lord, we pray that we will seek you, that we won't seek fame or fortune or comfort or ease, that we won't seek things that simply bring us pleasure, but that we will seek the highest and the best that will seek you. And that in finding you, we will know life, we will know fulfillment, that we will be clothed by hope, and that we will walk with light and love, that we will see you in Christ, knowing that he is your word become flesh. We surrender our lives into your hands. We seek your forgiveness by the work of Christ on the cross. And we ask that you'll make us to be new and fresh, born again. And we pray, Lord, that as we seek you this year, you will open our eyes to the ways that we might change the world for the good and bless others too. And in all of this, May we be blessed. Thank you for the story of Josiah. We pray for the children who are within the sound mm-hmm. of this voice and for those who hold those children, mm-hmm. that your blessing and favor will be on them too. And we pray in Jesus' name,
2: amen.
1: Amen.
0: If you'd like to talk to us this week about your new year, about your children, or about anything else, give us a call. Now this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We're by the phone. We're ready. We're anxious to talk to you.
1: Or if you're online, visit our website at cbhviewpoint.org. Send us a message, and we'll get right back to you.
0: Or if you prefer, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018. USA, but by whatever method you choose, please let us hear from you this week. Kimberly Majeski, I have no doubt the year 2015 will be one long remembered for joy as you hold Maximus. (laughs) And I know you'll do it well. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. And we thank all of you for tuning in and coming alongside. We hope you'll join us again next week as we start a new series here at Viewpoint. And until then... For all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Happy New Year, and stay tuned.